Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. We've been exploring the relationship between your psychic abilities and prayer from a variety of perspectives throughout this season. Today, we'll continue to do that as we address why prayer is not for beggars. Isn't prayer for anyone and everyone? After all, God doesn't discriminate, right? God is available to saints and sinners, to the devoutly religious and the atheists, to the wealthy and the poor. God is unconditionally loving. How can we make a statement like, prayer is not for beggars? First of all here, we're not talking about beggars as a class or category of people. We're addressing how anyone, including those who might consider who you might consider to be beggars, need to approach God or some kind of higher power, regardless of your religious or spiritual beliefs. If you are begging for an answer, solution, or resolution of some sort, that wouldn't really qualify as a prayer. Of course, most of us have, at one time or another in our very lives, found ourselves up to the up the proverbial creek without a paddle and in a panic or desperation. We called out to a higher power for help. If you did, I'm sure you were seen and heard and your plea was answered in some way. But did you recognize how it was answered or even that your desperate request was answered? More than that, was the answer you received sufficient or was it the complete answer? You have to realize that prayer is most likely the most powerful creative tool we each have as souls. Although so many people may assume that prayer is some form of asking for something, it is far more than that. You can say that it is always a type of asking, but not always in the ways you might think. It is definitely a form of asking, but who you are asking is the source of life itself. It is absolutely, first and foremost, a powerful and creative act. Certainly, it makes sense that you can't be a victim or helpless if you are to create anything wonderful in your life or in the world, right? You need certainty and power yourself if you are going to not only take an active part in but also initiate a creative process that will bring about truth, beauty, and goodness in some way. Even if you're merely asking to have a little bit better life for yourself or for a loved one in some way. In fact, how often have you thought about praying to a higher authority when you were down and out or feeling quite helpless? Remember, God or whoever you believe is the source of your being and life 
will always answer your prayer no matter what a wreck you think you might be at the time. Yet, where you are in your power and awareness play the most essential roles in the level and quality of answer you are able to receive. Yes, even in the case of you praying for something, it's not about whether God listens to your prayer or answers it. Both of this, both of those items are givens. So what makes the biggest difference in the kind of answer that you experience as a result of your prayer? That has to do with how much you can have your answer. That's why we're looking at begging in any way is not really a way to pray. It severely limits your capacity to receive. You may have decided to resort to prayer because you were desperate in need in some way. Once again, that's fine. God will never judge you for that. (laughs) Only we the people tend to do that. So it's dependent on you, the petitioner, to prepare your mind in the best way you can so you don't sabotage your request or lessen the miracle of the response in any way. All too often, people jump to the completely erroneous conclusion when they didn't think their prayer was answered or it wasn't answered completely, that they did something wrong or that they were not good enough or that they were being punished. Yet that's never true. It has more to do with what kind of cell reception zone you are reaching out to God from. Just like if you were on your cell phone while traveling in a car, you may have a clear, crisp reception and are able to hear every word, including background sounds of the person you're talking with. Then gradually or suddenly, you're only hearing every few words that person is saying. Obviously, the person you are talking with on your phone is interested in continuing to talk with you. So it's not that person that's making it hard for you to hear their communication. The problem that limits your reception of the response from the other person may be that you're driving in a poor or no cell reception area on the road. Sometimes the clear, crisp reception may come back very shortly, but at other times you may not be able to get back and hearing clearly for a while. We travel a lot, so we know this to be true. The good news about your reception of God's response to your prayer is that you can do something about your cell reception. In the case of how well you are able to have or receive what God offers you in response to your prayer, the static and such that limits the answer is in your mind. If you have unconsciously and unwittingly stored thoughts and feelings and beliefs that go against the very things that you need, you won't be aware that you're not receiving them. You won't experience that you really got the answer. At best, you merely experience a partial answer that leaves you wanting more. On the other hand, if you empty your mind of distractions and limiting beliefs and prepare it for the awareness of spirit, you'll have the crystal clear reception of what and how God is answering you every single time. How would you do that? You have to first find your own space to be as you truly are. Especially when you're going through great difficulties in your life, 
you might jump to trying to find an answer or solution to your problems rather than first bringing your awareness back to who you are. We are living in an increasingly more doing society that one that respects than one that respects being. The attitude often is first put out the fire and worry about everything else later. I know that one. But then it can turn into shoot first and ask questions later. That also most often translates as react first and communicate later. Yet for anything to work out better, communication in some form is absolutely crucial. Of course, prayer is the highest and most powerful level of communication, isn't it? Because you are communicating with the source of power. If you want anything good to happen, that's the most important communication to have. Yet, real communication is never about begging, demanding, expecting, or trying to control in any way, is it? Have you ever experienced that with a partner or good friend? How did that go? Communication has to be open and inclusive, not strictly a one-way street. Well, absolutely. Even if you feel desperate to get an answer from God to your prayers, you would have to consider exactly how open you are to hearing or more accurately, fully experiencing God's response. When you're scared or feeling helpless, how open are you to real power, creativity, and help? Or are you more prone to hand over the steering wheel and expect or demand God to be your personal chauffeur? <laughs> that, yeah, that would be nice and easy, wouldn't it? Boy, I, I certainly would like that. <laughs> It's, it's like, I can't deal with my life, someone else take over. Once again, asking God for help is absolutely fine. But make sure you're actually asking rather than demanding, expecting, or begging. It's like when you're interested in learning something new from the foremost expert in the field of your study, wouldn't you approach that teacher or consultant with utmost respect, openness, and willingness to learn? Wouldn't you seek that expert out with an open mind? You might be a bit nervous to ask, but you'd have to own the fact that you deserve what the expert can teach you, right? You'd come from a place of your own power and certainty in yourself and purpose and not from being a victim of circumstances or a helpless <laughs> idiot, <laughs> right? That's how we all feel sometimes. The more renowned the expert is, the more you'd have to own the purpose for your asking. You can't just ex expect the expert to instantly transfer everything they know to you. That will be not only counterproductive, but a waste of time. You would have to present the expert with your case, who you are, what kind of help you're seeking from them, and for what purpose. You know that expert isn't going to solve your problem for you. 
they can at best help you deal with the mess you are in, in a more effective way. Also, the happier and more enthusiastic and committed the petitioner is, the more they will benefit from what the teacher or expert offers them. Someone that is just desperately hoping to survive the day isn't creating much of a leeway for an expert or especially a higher power to fully give them what they need, are they? You end up with several severe, like, tunnel vision when you get caught up in a panic or the heat of the moment. You literally fail to see the forest for the trees. You've narrowed down your opportunities and creativity down to the bare minimum to get you over the immediate hump. After all, you might believe that if you don't make it through the crisis in your life, nothing's going to matter anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Wrong. <laughs> Remember, spirit is forever undivided, which means that it is limitless and eternal, creative and powerful, beyond human imagination. Would you order a Big Mac and fries in a Michelin star restaurant with an extensive menu when you're being treated to whatever you'd like? Unfortunately, I'm sure there are some people who would do just that. Yet, when you really examine why they would, it's definitely not only because a Big Mac and fries are their favorite meal. You'll discover that they're usually afraid of something. When a person gets caught in fear, they instinctively contract and limit themselves to what they are most familiar with for a sense of safety. Ah, yes, sometimes that's called comfort food. <laughs> Is that a new meaning, doesn't it? Yeah. When do you feel we need comfort food? When we're somehow in unfamiliar territory in life, and it's a bit scary. Especially unfamiliar emotional territory. When we pray from desperation or fear of any kind, we pray for what we believe will bring us safety and comfort. The reason prayer isn't for beggars is that begging is never an asking. Yeah, take a look at that sometimes. Whenever someone begs another for something, they are demanding. Huh. I remember a year's worth of experiences I had on the streets of L.A. with a homeless beggar. The first thing I learned from him was that begging is not very open-ended. It generally is a form of a pretty specific demand. So when the so-called beggar feels they have at least, let's say, some power because mm, they're in a position of possession of a gun, the begging takes the form of a what we call a holdup. That's definitely a specific demand, right? Or else they'll blow your head off. But in such a case, the beggar is still begging, except with a gun. But in a very slightly different and more, a lot more aggressive disguise. Well, what I learned from my year-long amazing relationship with this beggar person on the back streets of L.A. started with his first demand. He literally jumped out from behind the bushes in a dark side street known for a lot of muggings. <laughs> Why was I parking there? Yeah, I was going to a nearby restaurant. <laughs> really good one. <laughs> and 
not only did he jump out, he was a six foot two, three, you know, pretty tall guy. I'm a short guy. He's a tall guy. And uh, he jumps out of the bushes in the dark. And he held up both arms all the way up and said, don't shoot. I'm a good black man. And of course, I immediately liked him and started laughing. Seeing I was safe to approach, he walked up and said that he really wanted to get a cup of hot coffee at a local <clears throat> diner. And I could spare, uh, and could I spare 47 cents? That was what the cost of the coffee, including tax. I immediately reached into my pockets and, well, unfortunately, I only had one, you know, cash money, a wrinkled up bill. It turned out to be a $5 bill. So I handed him the wrinkled up bill to him and told him to enjoy a little bit of something else. What he did next surprised me. He turned around. He didn't say anything. No, thank you. No, get lost, whatever. No, he just turned around and bolted away from me. I immediately realized my mistake. He had asked for 47 cents because that was the safe thing for him to receive from a complete stranger. $5 was a bit too much for his comfort zone for someone he just hit up for a bit of change. I wanted to <clears throat> correct my mistake. So I telepathically said to him as he's running away, be here tomorrow and we'll do this again. The next evening, I parked my car in the same part of the street and sure enough, he jumped out of the same bushes, repeated his command performance. <laughs> he didn't remember me from the night before because he's kind of you know burnt out from past drug use and everything for a few years. So this time... He not only asked for $4.79 for a specific sandwich at a different deli, I forgot what it was called, but the, how specific he was. So this time I gave him a $5 bill because I knew now that was in his safe zone. Michael will continue the story right after our first break. Right now is when we make our announcements for upcoming events. It's a good time to mark your calendars for Saturday, January 7th and Sunday, January 8th. We're offering our first event of the year, a special New Year's remote for Zoom class plus a bonus Zoom Q&A weekend event. Not only will it be our very first event of 2023, but it's been our tradition to offer something that will help you reset your vision, energy, and course for the year. Included as our gift to you in this weekend of a four Zoom class will be our ever popular, fun, and profound bonus post-Zoom class, Q&A, talk, story, and social on the Sunday uh, following the last class for anyone who takes part in at least one of our classes during the weekend. We'll post the titles, descriptions, and details for this remote weekend teaching event soon, so please stay tuned and watch for our newsletters. If you're signed up for our newsletter list, if not, go on our website and do so. You'll find it soon on our website events calendar newsletter and our social sites. It'll be a wonderful and powerful way to launch your life in the new year. We will continue in just a couple minutes with Prayers Are Not For Beggars. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Although many people might associate praying as a kind of desperate pleading with a higher power, today we've been considering the possibility that prayers are not for beggars. True praying may have to come from a place of power. So let's find out more about the nature and purpose of prayer. Yeah, before the break, I was talking about my fond memory of this pretty much a full year that I spent probably every other month for on and off for three weeks every time I visited Los Angeles to teach and and give counseling and all that kind of stuff. And um, this guy, we, we, never, we never had to uh, <coughs> make an appointment or anything. He was every single time I showed up at that particular place, generally to go to that restaurant, he would pop out. And after that second time, you know, the first time he just bolted, no, no, no communication whatsoever, <laughs> which is interesting because I've experienced that with other people who were begging for something, generally money and things. And time and time again, somebody would beg for a particular amount, you know, uh, or they're they're in their mind they're looking at okay some spare change or a couple bucks and i've done so many different things give them an exactly what they were asking for and give them a lot more than they were asking for or a little bit more than just a tiny bit more than what they're asking for invariably every time i gave them way more than what they were expecting you know again begging is <laughs> demanding and and expecting type of a uh, approach because the person begging can't really receive that much and they're often desperate okay so so it's very narrow and um so with this man 
um, the first time. He asked for what, 49 cents or 47 cents and something. <laughs> Gave him $5, way too much. Chased him away. Not even a communication one way or the other. Sometimes I get, you know, thank you very much. God bless you. Other times I get, well, get lost, you idiot. <laughs> so I got, from, I got from you what I wanted. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting any kind of a particular response, but this time, no communication whatsoever. He ran. But when I found he came back the next, the next evening and popped out, and still didn't remember who I was from the evening before, I thought, okay, the moment he asked $4.79 for the sandwich, I thought, oh, the $5 I gave him the night before had made an impact after the fact. When he was safe away from me, he says, hey, I could ask for $5, not you know, close to $5, not close to 50 cents. That's pretty significant step up. So I was very pleased, and I thought, okay, this time he's asking for $4.79 worth. I gave him a $5 bill, same, you know, same thing. This time, he not only gently received it from me, he looked me right in the eye and, and started to, you know, he thanked me and everything, and then he started to tell me some of his life story. We had this communication going on a fairly personal level. Wow, what a difference. So, so I learned a lot just from that one couple of interactions. And then so I decided, you know, without telling him be here or whatever or anything like that, I just decided every so often during the three weeks tour of teaching in Los Angeles, I would I had to go to some restaurant, so I go to that particular one at least, you know, three times, four times in, in the course of those three weeks. And sure enough, every single time he was there, and it really didn't matter who I was with or whether I was by myself, and it's not always the exact same time or anything like that. But from the third, from after the second time, he always remembered me. And, we, you know, we addressed each other by name and everything. We got to be good friends. And I got to experience this guy being incredibly, I, I saw him right from the beginning, how bright he was. But he was also incredibly creative, capable, and basically a professional, a top quality professional jazz <clears throat> lounge singer, a piano, piano man that went down the drain because of drug and alcohol. Well, he's, he was pretty much starting to wean himself off of that life of drugs and alcohol. He hadn't done any drugs for a while. And alcohol, he was doing it on a very manageable type level. And a series of miracles start taking place for him in his life over the course of the next year that we had this you know, regular communication going on. And anytime... Uh, I even offered several times. I said, hey, you want to go to dinner with me and we can talk? No, nope, he, he wouldn't do that. That's just crossing the line. And so, so we just sat out there in the dark <laughs> in the side street <laughs> and uh, talked. And, and then it 
built onto several other things where he was able to perform for Raphael and myself when I finally took Raphael over there. He uh, had this miraculous story. I won't go into it today, but then after this, he was he was on his way to receiving much more of what he prayed for in his life because he started to own his own creative power and worth. He was learning to not beat himself up for having made some bad choices in his earlier life. Instead of trying to control what he wanted and demanded from others, he opened up to being deserving enough to ask for what he really wanted in life. Not 47 cents or $4.79 or whatever. And then he could see the variety of miracles that started to unfold in his life. So to truly access the extraordinary creative power of prayer, you can't beg or be see yourself as helpless. You're not a victim. You have to own that the power is within you, especially if you need a lot of help at the moment. I've heard of or spoken with many people who found themselves at rock bottom due to some huge misfortune. Yet, I've had the privilege of meeting them or hearing of their stories because they didn't resort to begging or look at themselves as beneath everyone else. They owned their personal power at the same time, able to have asking God or some higher power for help that would get them not only through their immediate challenge, but also for creating a new, more productive and fulfilling life for themselves. They each didn't want to become dependent on someone else to take care of their problems and their lives. They wanted help in getting back on their own two feet and be able to contribute, not only just get back on their feet, but for what? To be able to contribute good to others. What my friend ended up doing? Back to playing music, performing for others. Even though many people believe that the main purpose of prayer is to ask God for something, yet prayer in truth is the way each of us has to give back to God. In some way, when we pray, we're saying to God that we're here, ready and willing to do God's will on earth in a creative way unique to each of us. For that, we can't be beggars or helpless. Indeed. So I want to tell, uh, let's say, a contrasting story to Michael's wonderful person. He ended up befriending for a year. And um, it truly, the rest of the story really, truly is incredible. And I think he might have told it on another yeah, show. I did. So um, too bad we can't tell it again because it's just a great one. Um, but we have things to tell you about. My contrasting story, I've also had over the, the time of my life, very many different kinds of beggars come to me. Um, and I'd like to tell you about two. And again, you know, when someone comes to beg to you, it's kind of putting you in that God position, isn't it? Which is, you know, when we when people beg in their prayers, that's what we're doing is we're ma we're making God our vending machine, right? <laughs> <laughs> so in one case, 
I was walking down the street when we were living in Mount Shasta, and I was actually shopping for my assistant, Noelle, at the time. Um, so I was outside of a jewelry store. I had just come out. I made my purchase. And this extremely well-dressed, taller-than-me woman, you know, nice hair. She, This woman had money. She had a gold watch, the whole bit. She comes right up to my face, towers over me, and demands a dollar for to buy her a cup of coffee. And it was interesting for me because I'm really aware of this whole asking and receiving thing, right? And, you know, God always answers our prayers in some way. And this could have been a very good time for me to stand up to her and say, you know, why don't you sell your gold watch? There's the jewelry store. You can have your cup of coffee. Um, But there was something else going on, including a karmic interaction I had with her in another lifetime where I did not succeed in working it through with her. So, of course, there was a little stab of fear that went through me at first when, when she came to me in such a threatening way. But I decided if I owed her a dollar in karma, this is a great time to pay her back. So I pulled out a dollar and gave it to her and quickly went on my way. And, you know, God answers your prayers, even if you're demanding. Uh, and sometimes God says no, by the way, which I could have done in that instance. And, and later, of course, I speculated that I should have done. But the woman was bigger than me, and I didn't want to have a, a fist fight with somebody on the street that day because it was Christmas time. So in contrast to that, I was over, again, it was in Mount Shasta, and there's a lot of indigent people that go through that town because it's a traveler's town. And uh, I was at the ATM machine, and I'm sure this has happened to many of you. A girl came up to me and said, I am trying to get to, and she said some destination, and I just ran out of money. Do you have at least a little bit of money that you're pulling out of your bank account to, to share with me? And she was very nice with her energy. She was, she she asked politely, and she did not demand of me at all, like that other woman asking for a dollar. And I just went within myself for a moment and asked if it was appropriate for me to give this woman money. And I, I got the answer, give her $100. She needs it. And it was one of my spirit guides that said so. And I'm like, $100? I'm having an argument with my spirit guide. Really? And they said, yep. So I gave her $100, and she very politely thanked me, and I never saw her again. And I actually felt pretty good about that interaction as well as, you know, the other interaction where I obviously owed this person a little bit of karma and a dollar's worth was, you know, worth pulling out of my purse kind of thing. So, you know, begging is an interesting thing because we all do it at some point or another, And God, as Michael says, always answers our prayers. And if you aren't having your prayer answered, either you haven't asked correctly or uh, the answer is no. And sometimes no is the best answer you can get. For instance, if you're begging God for, I'm in love with this person over here and I want them to be in love with me. And, um, you know, on the bigger perspective of things, you have someone else Who's supposed to come in your life? Or perhaps you need to be single for a while longer to learn some particular lessons. So the silence of not having that person show up or that person fall in love with you is usually a no. And you have to use your intuition to see if that is so. 
Otherwise, sometimes, you know, prayer, you put the prayer out there and you um, also create the space for that to receive that prayer, to hear within you uh, uh, the direction on what you need to do. For instance, in a relationship, creating space for that person in your life, creating a little space in your closet or in your your uh, bureau or whatever. Um, if, if there's no space for a person to be in your life, they're not going to be able to come in your life. So, you know, you are enabling the, uh, let's say, the manifestation of your own prayer by doing the actions you need to do. Well, you know, I'm thinking of bringing forth a, uh, how uh, this is something probably see, may seem strange to you at first, but when I look at the practice of prayer, and it, it definitely is practice because we have to learn to pray correctly. And over the course of time, I've observed, not just as a human being, but as a clairvoyant, the interaction between a newly pregnant woman and her child, her baby. And over the course of years, I'm every time I look at that, and, and I'm talking about, you know, there's obviously all kinds of different initial reactions when, when a woman finds out she's pregnant. If she's been looking forward to it and planning it and the whole bit and this and that, she, it generally is just like, wow, finally, it's amazing, right? It's just a joyous occasion to find out. And then, of course, if you weren't expecting it, and ah, go ahead. Oh, our second break is coming up, so Michael will finish that train of thought when we come back. Well, it's only four more days until Christmas Day. If you're still looking for a wonderful last-minute gift for the spiritual seeker and awakening soul in your circle, we have all kinds of audio classes, courses, all-day seminars, and retreats available to purchase and download. You can find many of the titles and descriptions by clicking on the Download audio tab in the events menu section of our website, michaeltamura.com. That's Michael T A M U R A.com. Or by, I'm going to not say by calling our office because our office is closed for the next two weeks. So look on our website and um, you can leave a message. I will get it uh, throughout the next couple weeks. In just a bit, we'll continue with Prayers Are Not For Beggars. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com and be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. 
the award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. We're back, and we're glad to have you back with us. Our topic of exploration for this show has been prayers are not for beggars, to consider that the most powerful creative process we have doesn't work so well if we treat it as kind of a desperate begging from a place of helplessness. Let's find out more about the nature and purpose of prayer. Well, before the break, I start to bring forth the example of, you know, practice of prayer and and how that relates for me, has related for me for many years is observing the relationship between a young, uh, newly pregnant woman and her baby. And what I've observed time and time again, I was mentioning earlier that, that uh, yeah, some, some woman will, will approach that with, from the very first news of it, it's just like with total welcome, total joy, total everything. It's the greatest thing. And then, for another one, it's like fear and, oh, my God, you know, I didn't expect, I can't do this, da, 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 all those things. Yeah? But on the whole, in more in general, even if you go through a, a, a surprise, like, oh, my God, kind of a surprise level, many of them will, once things settle down, and you know, <clears throat> not only can I do this, but this is great. Regardless, I'm looking at the more common relationship where the the mother is very happy. But the important thing in relationship to prayer that I've observed is, whoa, every single time I see that woman almost instantly changing because what's the however way they approach it. They look at, oh, I have this life, uh, the, uh, another life in me. And, of course, they're thinking in terms of it's in their body, and they're part of, they're now the steward of this new life that's coming into being right inside her body. But most mothers would think of it as it's inside of me, this new life is inside of me. And the amazing thing is, oh my God, now I'm the steward for this new life. And it's so amazing that that woman, time and time again, I see that woman going, you know, part of the fear comes from, 
what if I'm not up to the test or what if I fail? What if I mess up? But without those parts at the, at least at the beginning is it's, I'm the chosen one, right? It's, it's like, wow, I, I'm the one who has and is carrying this new life, the sacred life within me. That's what prayer brings about in us. When we start to practice praying, you, you can't pray without recognizing that this sacred divine life is within us. But unlike the mother with the child, it's not on the physical level. It's not within my body. The minute I start to even consider praying, I have to recognize, oh, I'm praying inwardly, not out to the world, but I'm praying inwardly to this most powerful creative source of life. And I have to come to terms with that. Whatever, just like that new mother, before she became a new mother, you know, she might have been a rambunctious teenager or something and going, you're not the boss of me and I could do whatever I want. And, and if I want to go partying all the time, that's my privilege. I'm an adult. Da, 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 da. But boom, she discovers she's pregnant. And suddenly, practically overnight, she's going, you know, I better, I better start looking at my diet. How, how do you be a mother? How do you take care of this other life that's inside of you? With prayer, you start to come to the same realization, except on a spiritual level, in, in, in an inner level of being, when you start to recognize, wait a minute, who am I praying to? I'm praying to the source of life itself. And that source of life itself is inside, within, not my body, but within my very being. Oh, my goodness. And just like the mother going, this life is in me, in my body. I have to change my diet. I can't just go eat whatever I feel like eating at the moment because I have to now start to consider. I'm not only feeding my body, I'm feeding this other body that's just starting to form. And I've been given the charge over the formation of this body until I can fully go through the entire process to birth this body into this world. It's a different person when they come out of me, of my body. Well, prayer is just like that too. You're, you're, you discover it's not just about me, 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 me anymore. Oh, that's a big deal, folks. When you start to address praying, you're really having to start to look at, I'm not living this life just for me. I've, I'm the steward for this divine, most sacred, most powerful creative source of all life, not just mine, but all life I'm carrying within my heart, within my very being. Oh, boy. And what does that do? Once you start to look at that in prayer, 
you start to discover, well, gee, I haven't been like the new young mother that discovers, you know, I've been carousing around or I've been totally just all for me and who cares about anybody else. And I've been not so nice to myself. I get angry at myself. Uh, you know, I demand and expect stuff from myself. And I, I even beg myself to, to be better or, or excel or something because I have to pass this test or I have to win the tournament or whatever. I put myself under incredible stress and demand at times. But when she becomes, I'm a mother. I can't keep on doing that because it's going to harm the baby. It's going to harm this life that's growing inside of me. Well, when you pray, oh, the more you start to learn to pray, you start to discover, I can't treat myself the way I used to treat myself anymore. Just because I have a young body at that point, you know, I could go sleepless, I could go foodless, I could go, you know, do whatever because I have enough energy and I'm healthy enough and this and that and the other thing. I could abuse myself and get away with it. But oh no, once you start to pray, you're going, it's not just about who I think I am. I'm carrying the source of life. I can't beat myself up anymore because just like the new mother she can't afford to beat herself up physically psychologically emotionally mentally psychically anything because it's going to damage it's going to hurt that baby inside of her with prayer same thing if i do this if i hurt myself if i beat myself up in any way I'm really beating up the source of life. Not that the source of life is going to become the effect of me beating it up, but I lose that contact. I start to try to snuff out that source of life in relationship to myself. Oh, my goodness. So prayer instantly starts to each time you even consider prayer, it starts to bring your past. It starts to bring out how you've been relating to yourself, for not for judgment or punishment, but for reconsideration. You have to look at yourself differently and go, whoa, I'm not just eating for one anymore. <laughs> I'm eating for the whole <laughs> and and to take care of the source of life I have to learn how to take care of it there are some other thoughts I have too I wanted to share with you and that is for prayer you know we're talking about prayer is not for begging but you know some of you are asking well I've been using prayer for for praying for stuff all along. And so one of the things is, of course, you can pray for stuff, you know, if it's something that you really want to do. That the, These are the lessons. There are many lessons you'll learn by doing this. And one of the things, a couple of things is, uh, Michael made a comment earlier that said, God is not your chauffeur, which <laughs> cracked me up. And in a way, 
uh, if you're doing prayer correctly, God can be a wise, uh, let's say, guide, not quite like a chauffeur where he's driving the car because it's your life and you make the decisions about what you're going to do with your life. But sometimes a problem or a situation is so perplexing or so um, difficult that the, really the only thing you can do is turn it over to God and trust with all your heart that God knows the answer and will guide you. And in the next minutes, hours, days, weeks, you must be open to uh, paying attention to what you're getting back. Because I find the turning an issue or something like that over to God, because it's just too big for me, has been has been the most powerful uh, form of prayer that I've ever uh, done. And where we have taught something called a mock-up, where you can sit down, find your space, and, and create a visualization, send it out into the universe, and watch for it to come as you do the action that's needed to do to bring something forth to you, you know, that's one form of prayer in a sense. But this is in a situation where you just don't have the answer, you're too upset about it, etc., etc., and just turning it over to God is the answer. And then paying attention to what you get back from it. It could be a miracle phone call. It could be a voice in your ear that says, do this or do that. I've had that happen many a time in those kind of situations, and we all get in those situations. And you have to follow through with it yourself. That's right. Yeah. And the other thing is don't be in a big rush when you're praying. You know, uh, if you're in a big rush or in desperation, that's how whatever it is you're asking for is going to come back to you. It's going to ha- It's going to have that energy in it. So except for an emergency where you oftentimes have to just put that prayer up, you know, very quickly, take your time and pay attention. Well, once again, we're at the end of our show for today. There's so much more that we can talk about. We so enjoyed having you with us. And we'll be back next Wednesday with clairvoyance. Where are you going? The psychic ability of clairvoyance is most often associated with one's ability to see auras spirit energies and visions yet an essential aspect of clairvoyance is being able to clearly see where you are going in your life tune in to find out about that remember too we'll be teaching our special new year's four zoom class plus a bonus zoom q a over the weekend of saturday january 7th and sunday january 8th to help you launch 2023 in the best possible energy and set the course for your whole year Check our website or after January 2nd, this is 2022 right now, so January 2nd, 2023, you can call our office at 530-926-2650 for details or to sign up. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. Merry Christmas, and this is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. Thank you. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.